Hello and welcome to another episode of Devil in the Detail podcast. Today we're going to be focusing predominantly on football on the pitch because we have played two games since our last episode. We've got two more to play until the next episode. So let's, oh, Dill, of course I'm joined by Dill. Hello, obviously, it'd be nothing without me. Um, I'm here boys, fear not, it's not just deck. There we go. And let's get into it. Let's go. Rightio, Len. Let's go in chronological order, shall we? So, yeah, obviously, we we'll to. start with the, the Ammonia game. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what did you think to the, the starting lineup, man? Because, honestly, I saw that and thought, bloody seventh in the Cyprian League, Ammonia. Why are we starting with such a, a bloody strong team? Uh, we did need it in the end. But, yeah, we fucking but did. Still, <laughs> but still, what did you think when you saw the starting lineup? I was ro- oh, fuck me. I was worried. It, in hindsight, now, given that a spoiler alert, we beat Everton on Sunday. It doesn't really matter. But going into that game, I did think it seems like we're prioritising Europa League over everything else, which is a bit bizarre. Um, I couldn't tell you the exact lineup we played because it was nearly a week ago, and I've fucking slept since then. It was a god awful game. But it, it it was weird, um, and obviously, like you said, we needed it in the end because we were absolutely shit. So I'm glad we had a good lineup out. Um, yeah, it fucking woeful game, absolutely woeful. My spirits are a bit higher now because of obviously the game at the weekend, but that was it was abysmal. Yeah, I think there was only there was actually only three changes from the Moni game to the Everton game. Yeah. Um, so I mean that just shows how how strong of a team that we we did play. Um, yeah, I think shall we go further into kind of the the mistakes the goals just in general how it was i mean mm. both goals that we conceded we lost just possessions in areas that, that you just you just can't lose possession mm-hmm. i mean the the first goal sancho who i think we'll talk more deeply about a bit later mm-hmm. um sancho obviously a bit of a suicide ball to malasia um he's got three players closing him down um Still, Malasia could have, if he's in that much danger, could go back to De Gea. I think Eriksen was free over on that right-hand side as well. So it was just poor by both, really. Sancho, when we just had the free kick, and then it was kind of... And then he goes all the way back to, to Malasia, goes to the edge of the box, and then he and then he plays it backwards. It was like it was an mm. odd ball to do and just put the defender under under pressure. Um, but still, Malasia could have done much better than what he tried to do. Which, like, I don't know what he tried to do. I think, I think, I think he was. was I think he was kind of get it, try to get it out of his feet a bit, so he can make a quick pass out. Is that, I don't. Yeah. I think to be honest, I think it's more like seventy thirty in in terms of Sancho Sancho's error more than Malasia because he's given him an absolute hospital pass. He's got two players running directly at him from five yards away, and he's not really got any options to pass it to. Um, and this just goes back to the point that I think we were on about last week where Sancho just 
doesn't really affect games, always takes a safe option, always passes back, refuses to dribble, refuses to try and go past his man. Um, and I think that's just an indictment of where he's at at the minute. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'm not really going to blame Malassia for it. Like I said, he could have done better for sure. He could have just lumped it up the pitch. But equally, that's not how we play football, is it now? Um, so I don't blame him at all. It's more on more on Sancho for me. I can't remember whose fault was it for the second goal. I actually can't remember that. Uh, Lindelof kind of. It, we were passing around the back. It went to Lindelof and he, he had a big touch and then lost possession. Obviously, centre-back's drawn out. And then it was a quick... I think they passed out wide. Yeah. Then it was ball into the middle and then it was like a, a side foot finish into the basically the, the side side netting. Um, but yeah, it was just just yeah two mistakes that you just where you just can't lose the ball, like I said. Um, and yeah, but that wasn't the only talking point, really. Uh Thank God, like you say, we had the Everton game because Ronaldo, I tell you what, the amount of people that said that Ronaldo played well, which is beyond me, honestly. I don't think your striker that's there to score goals can miss so many sitters and have a good game. It's just not It's not possible. I gave him the uh, one on my, on my match ratings. That's because, harsh for you, Deck, as well. Mate, Thought me must have been bad if Deck's given him a one. Well, he, he, mate, he's there to score goals. Okay, I, I understand his all-round game wasn't terrible if you take the the missing the chances out of it. Yeah, that was know. a positive. Yeah, he, the build in terms of the build-up play, and we saw that translate against Everton as well, where he actually got the finishing and he his all-round play was decent again. Mm. But um, you can't you can't be a strike like we almost we we scored two goals. Out from outside the box, which on another day, I mean that, that that's not the it's not high percentage chances that that, that we scored. Yeah. We could have easily not got the three points in that game for because of Ronaldo, and there was um, there was times in that match that we were almost trying to gift him that seven hundred. So like, there was, I think there was uh, was it Bruno or Anthony that was one on one with the keeper, and then he just he. And we've seen how good good of a finisher Anthony is, and he like just passes it square across the the face to 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 Ronaldo. That that wasn't Ronaldo's fault. I think it was. Um, yeah, I think he just played it backwards. Um, I think yeah, it was behind him. But but still, we're just trying to just kind of set tappings, even though yeah. it's like not the best option for Ronaldo to score. Which is it's just that I mean that's detrimental uh, to the team just mm. by the nature of doing that. Yeah, it's, it's sad, isn't it? It was sad to see. It was like, I don't know, taking your granddad on one last day out before you, you know, I was going to say before you put getting put down like he's going to Dignitas. Maybe a dog, maybe a dog, like when you take a dog and you take it to the beach, give it some ice cream, you know, let it have a nice final day. Maybe a bit like that. Um, it was pathetic, really, because Rashford did it and I know Martial did it a couple of times as well. Um, it was just, It was just bizarre, but... I don't know. All the stuff about Ronaldo has said before, but to be fair, it was kind of the polar opposite in the fact that usually he'd say, yes, he can finish, yeah, he can do this, and but when he doesn't do the rest, whereas he did the rest, I think he got an assist for Rashford maybe as well. Decent mm-hmm. actual all-round performance in terms of like holding the ball up, playing people in, winning headers and stuff. It was just that finishing was absolutely awful. I'd like to know what his XG was for that game. I'm not sure, but it must have been quite high. Like some of them misses as well. That tapping from two yards to hit the post. So just some really bad ones. 
I mean, that has to be a like a 0.7 xg or 0.75. Yeah. Three, you know, three quarters of the time that's going in. Probably like, more than players. that, really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It reminded me of the the Middlesbrough performance with Ronaldo. That where he had so many. Can you remember at Middlesbrough in the FA Cup where I think they scored and where they handballed the the, the handballed Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ronaldo, I think he missed a penalty in that game, but. He just had so many clear cut chances and and uh, uh, and missed them, but that's that's what the game reminded me of. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I've kind of wiped that game from my memory. I remember do, remember yeah. doing a stream for that, and I got absolutely fucking rinsed. But it was Duncan mm. Watmore hot handball, wasn't it? And he played it across to yeah, Crooks yeah. or something. Yeah, that was an abysmal game. But it was, um, it was like here he handballed it, and yeah. God knows how, how it counted. Well, you know why? But, because I don't know if we're going to get into these decisions. Actually, it wasn't on the running order, so I'm just going to mention it now. Um, the reason why that goal stood is because technically it was a second phase of play. So because it wasn't an intentional handball. Because the, he, that, oh, yeah. he didn't put the ball in. So if that Crooks wasn't at the back post and it went in anyway, it wouldn't have counted. But because someone mm. else has affected the play and touched the ball, that then means that that handball gets chalked off, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and you know what? We'll get it, We'll mention it. I'm sure we'll mention the Rashford handball when we get onto the Everton yeah, yeah. game and stuff. But um, yeah, that that's why that counted at the time. And that those um, rules have come a cropper again this weekend. I just think it's insane. But yeah, I'm, I'm over definitely. it. I'm over it. Getting to Middlesbrough eighteen months ago. I'm <laughs> over it now. Yeah, definitely. Although you know, who knows what we could have done in the FA Cup? Oh, let's see. Yeah, say yeah. We won it. Well, good last season, weren't we? We definitely would have stormed it. Would have beat Liverpool <laughs> in the final. Yeah, and some a player that we can talk about more in detail now that we, that started that game, didn't start against Everton, and didn't even come on the pitch against Everton, and that that is Sancho, like you say. Uh, always playing, seems to be playing the safe option. He, um, yeah, he, we bought him and I thought, okay, he's not going to replicate what he's doing in Dortmund in terms of numbers. It will take time. He's still only 22 years old. So, you know, you can't write him off yet. But but still, his start hasn't been that great. And we, I thought he was going to be a decent output player. I think he's, I had a look be, before the we started recording and he's got five goals in. I think it was about thirty-seven or something like that. Premier League. Yeah, he's been games. Been really poor, I mean, hasn't he? Anthony's got three and three now. Uh, like to it, just a massive contrast, and he, mm. he's got he's come from the bloody Eredivisie, um, in uh, in you know, which is obviously a lesser. Yeah, profile, it's, it's, yeah, less you, competitive if you, if you the if you looked at them two coming in, you'd expect Sancho to hit the ground a bit run, hit the ground running a bit more. Especially when you factor in he's grown up his whole career playing in English academies and his English as well. You'd expect him to kind of, hit, like you said, adjust a bit quicker. But yeah, man, Sancho's just been awful. Um, I've, I, obviously, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks as well. He just doesn't take any responsibility with the ball. He doesn't look to make any really forward or line-breaking or incisive passes. It's always just backwards football. He doesn't want to beat a man... He just looks shot of confidence, which is really weird because he, he got a couple of goals early on in the season. Him and Rashford were both playing really well together. We won them four games in a row with them two playing. So for him to kind of go off the ball like this is, is weird. But in the same breath, I also think those performances, when he got the goal against Southampton, excuse me, um, or was it Leicester? Leicester. When he got the goal against Leicester Liverpool. and the goal against Liverpool, um, I don't think... 
like his performances don't wow you apart from that. You don't feel like he's influenced the game much. And he's one of those wingers that he's not quick. That's fine. He's not strong. He's not like Rashford. You'd, he's someone you'd expect to be better on the ball. Maybe better quality of crosses. Obviously, a better quality of passing. Getting pre-assist, linking play, progressive passive, progressive carries and stuff like that. Almost a bit like a Grealish, but in a different kind of way. Because Sancho's a bit, a bit of a, a bit, bit of a different dribbler and stuff like that, and plays in a slightly different position. But he's not even doing that. So even when he was getting these goals against Liverpool, getting the goal against Leicester, I didn't look at him and think, "Wow, what a performance! He's been so good today." Again, that's like when Anthony scored, or when you know, when anyone gets a goal. It doesn't automatically mean they've got had a good game. For me, if you're getting a goal and an average performance, it's a six or seven because you still need to influence the rest of the game too. You know, football isn't won and lost in. Well, I suppose it's a stupid thing I say. I'm not going to say that. Um, but it's, yeah. just, it's just really not impressed me. And I think Rashford's been really good. He looks like he's got his mojo back. He looks confident. He's running. He's going past people. He's being aggressive. He's taking shots, which he wouldn't have taken last season or the season before. Um, and I can't see a way back into this team at the minute. Unless Martial and Ronaldo both get injured and Rashford has to go up front, that is the only way I can see Jadon Sancho getting back into this team. And I'm okay with that because he's been shit. Yeah, I think with Sancho as well, it's not like if, if he's having a bad game, he's not going to, he hasn't got the explosivity to like a Rashford to, who's at, that it could pay poorly. Yeah, he can't force the issue, he can he? Moment. He can't force yeah. it. He can't. But it, he doesn't have to be pacey and powerful and aggressive. You know, Lionel, I know this is stupid, but Lionel Messi is not like that. There's plenty of wingers that aren't like that. Like Grealish isn't one of those kind of players. I wouldn't say Mares really is either. They much better technically. Do you know what I mean? They're not like a Salah mm. or a Rashford. So I don't know. He could use his football and ability to force the issue more than his pace and power. To be honest, like I'd like to see that. But yeah, he's just. I, I've said my piece on him, man. I just think he's been. He's been piss poor, um, and you know, going into this season, if you would have said who, who, who do you want to sell out of Martial, Rashford, and, and Sancho, I probably wouldn't have said Sancho, but I'd say it today, to be honest. Um, Already, twenty-two years. No, someone said right now, who would you rather sell? I'd probably say Sancho. Yeah, maybe not. If Martial, yeah, Martial, yeah, Martial. If he wasn't injury prone, <laughs> then definitely. But you know what I mean. You wouldn't think coming into this season, you wouldn't think. Sancho be our worst performing forward. Do you know what I mean? With Rashford, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. with Rashford and Martial's form last season, you know you wouldn't have mm. thought. We were expecting Sancho to be the main man. Like Anthony's going to come in, he's going to take a bit of time to bed in. It's a big step up. We've got Sancho. He's looked good in pre-season. Maybe Rashford will get in off the bench. That's what everyone was saying. Rashford, mm. uh, sorry, Sancho, Martial, and Anthony. That's our front three. Or Ronaldo in there. No one was giving Rashford a fucking cat and else chance. But now he's been, you know, he's, he's jumped the queue, and rightly so. Yeah, so let's move on to the Everton game now. Obviously, um, that was a stark contrast to the way that the Ammonia game uh, went. I actually think that I was well very happy with the performance. I don't think 2-1 does us justice, to be honest. I think other than the last 10 minutes and the first 10 minutes of the game, we were, well, dominating the game, especially in that, in that first half, I would say is the best. Uh, first half performance of the season no no yeah, doubt yeah um i think what we've we've been talked about for weeks now yes we've got some good results but it's not it's not ten hag ball it's not we've it's been effective what we've done especially against the big teams but we haven't dominated a game that first half other than like i say the first 10 minutes was absolute domination 
like um, 70% possession. Just we look really comfortable. We we weren't trying to. We had like players like Bruno, which you know he's had a good game without getting a goal or assist because yeah, he's, you he's done the right thing with the ball. Yeah, yeah, he's done the right thing with the ball. He hasn't like we, you couldn't get unless Bruno has been given instruction not to just try and play that Hollywood pass all the time. Then you could you, you couldn't get seventy percent possession and a half with Bruno in the team. Because no. you'll just lose it as soon as it goes through him. But, it's, you know, it's obviously... I think what helped us was the way that we played that second half against City. Obviously, that was actually more effective than what we'd, had been previously more effective on, on the counter-attack. Mm. That second half, keeping hold of the ball and, like, just gradually working uh, away to the box. Um, and... Yeah, so I think that kind of benefited us for how we started this match. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, like I say, I think it's the most complete performance. I think we were solid at the back. I think midfield, I think Casemiro was unbelievable apart from the, the mistakes he made. But in general, his game was really good. Mm-hmm. Like to have a number six, you can see a night and day difference between Scott McTominay and Casemiro. Have a number six that literally, although he was playing quite advanced at times, Casemiro, I think he yeah, had it, that it, header. It was kind of, the way we set up was more kind of Lindelof and Martin, I was obviously sitting and Ericsson was filling in a lot in the back three and Casemiro mm. was further up. I think that's for Ericsson to look for those deep balls out wide though, much less, less so of a very defensive point of view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought Casemiro was a weird one because it was, it was such a weird performance because he'd do something bad then do something really good. It was like he'd go mm. from It'd start on a five, it'd go down to a three, then it'd go up to a seven, then it'd go down to a six, then it'd go up to an eight. Like, he, he played really well. he gave the ball away, then played really well after that, then missed a header from four yards out, which was atrocious. Then gave the ball away twice in the same move, then won it back and then got an assist. It was a, That's why I gave him a six and people were biting me head off, but I thought, obviously, he had a lot of good moments, good assist, good movement for the header, especially for a DM anyway. But I don't know if you can give someone higher than like a six or a seven if they're, if they're being that sloppy in the game as a DM because he lost possession for us more than any other player, including Bruno, um, mm. which is quite poor, really, because that's not really what he's in that team to do. Is that a recycle possession, keep the ball? Um, but it, it was good. It was promising. Um, I liked it. So I'll let you get on with your point with what you were going to say. Yeah, I, I think what I like the most about it is to have somebody in his position because he was... He did, like I say, his positioning was weird because I know you said Ericsson dropped him, but when he did get behind the ball and he did put in some break-up play with with tackles as well, and obviously that's how he did give away the ball, but that's how what led to the uh, uh, led to the goal. Mm. But to for to have a number six that literally picks up the ball and makes a progressive pass, that is that's the difference that was just like night and day between uh, Scott McTominay and like going forward. If you can, if you can have Casemiro, you know, I'd, I'd probably, I think I'd rather see him just play as a number six. I don't want to see him necessarily no, no, going forward. Not. No, no, Just no. play as a number six, break up play, and then if you can make a pro- progressive pass as well when you get the ball, that's then, you know, then United are going to benefit. Like, um, yeah, so Casemiro for me does Scott McTominay. I think thank- thankfully... Against Newcastle, I think Scott McTominay is actually suspended, so I think Casemiro has to to start. Uh But I would have started him anyway. Um, Like have that mid. And what is 
odd is against Ammonia, that midfield three looked pretty bang average to terrible. And then we've played the exact same th- uh, midfield three. Uh, yeah, and it's like really Thursday, good against, Sunday, against a really tougher good. team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I can't really put a finger on that. It's bizarre. Um, in terms of the game, though, it, it was a weird kind of game. It was like first five minutes, it was pretty even. Like Obviously, Everton scored the goal, but you said we were good after the first 10. I think we were pretty much boss the game from the beginning. They just got a kind of a lucky goal pressing, you know, on the counter-attack because Casemiro gave the ball away. But again, when you look at that, when Casemiro gives it away, after me just bashing him for, about it for two minutes, um, Anthony does give him the ball in a shit position. Like he's got two players behind him, and he's got no pass apart from trying to welly it back to the keeper when Delo's mm. completely unmarked on the on the touchline. So I do think that was a bad pass as well. Um, but yeah, it was weird. It was like we dominate. They kind of had a, a decent spell first five minutes, and we dominated. Then most of the second half was, you know, even, and then we scored. It was really weird. It was like it was in so many phases. Like it was we dominate for forty five minutes. They dominate for ten. We get a goal, but then it was disallowed, and then they battered us for the last ten minutes. That was kind of how the game went. But luckily, we managed it. We didn't concede another goal, which is lucky given the decision with Rashford's handball. But I think we we, we were really good, and I think the first half and the, the whole ninety minutes in general. Overall, is the most pleased I've been watching Eric Ten Hag's Man United so far. Obviously, I was much more pleased with the result, at, you know, beating Liverpool, beating Arsenal, etc. But in terms of actually watching the team and seeing a vision, and like we've said for weeks, we're banged on about for weeks on here now, seeing what we actually want to do and see Ten Hag's kind of ideas come across in the team and them executing them to a decent degree. Let's not act like, you know, they didn't put a foot wrong and they knew what they were doing all the time. There were still some errors in there and stuff. Obviously, that's going to happen so early on in the season. But it was a very complete kind of Eric Ten Hag performance, and I was impressed with that. I didn't really think we'd ever lose a game. Like like we said, we didn't control it for a lot for, for the whole game, but we controlled it for quite a lot. It was just that kind of last 10, 15 minutes I'd kind of like to see us push out a little bit more. Like, you wouldn't see City getting battered like that if they were beating Everton 2-1. Do you know what I mean? I want to see yeah. us kind of grab the game by the scuff of the, scuff of the net, keep a bit more possession and kind of be a bit more safe. Whereas... The last 10-15 minutes very much reminded me of like a Mourinho or a Van Gaal or an Oli United just holding on for dear life and it's not really what we're about now. But it was a good performance. Everyone apart from Diogo Dallo, who I thought was quite poor, I know you did too, gave the ball away a lot. Again, less than Casemiro somehow. I did double check that before, which seems mental. Um, But he was quite poor, I think. The worst player on our side by a mile. But apart from that, everyone turned up. Martial had a good cameo, obviously injured again. Um, Ronaldo, when he came on, I'll give him his dues. He was really good, held up the ball well. He even headed it in behind for Rashford for his disallowed goal as well, which was good centre-forward playing exactly why we want Martial in the team. So that was decent. Tidy little finish as well. Rashford looks back, Anthony getting another goal, becoming the only the first ever United player to get three goals in his first three Premier League appearances, consecutively anyway, which is a nice little stat. Um, and they were all good. Midfield was good, all functioned well. It was a good... It was, it was a good... For what? Oh, David De Gea. David yeah, De Gea. I wasn't even go. going to mention it. Um, not on purpose. <laughs> um, yeah. That, I'll just, before I get into David De Gea, I just want to say it was a decent 6, 7 out of 10 team performance. No one else was outstanding. I don't really... De Gea was good. We'll get onto them. We'll suck his dick in a minute. Don't worry. It's all right. Get your Vaseline out. Um, but it was just it was just a good, solid team performance. And I think 
the good thing is there's more to come. Not everyone was at the highest level. Everyone was just kind of in second, third gear, if you like, and there's more to come from that. So I'm excited for that. Right. David De Gea, let me just have a bit of water and get ready for this. David De Gea was really good. He was really good. And this is the thing, man. Everyone always says about, about me when I give an opinion on someone, oh, you're biased, you just hate De Gea, you hate Martial. I don't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm muted. You think I'm muted? Oh, yes, yes, I am. Anyway, everyone else could hear me. Um, yeah, everyone always says I've got agendas and I've got bias. I don't, you know, I'm not Neil Talks what you I won't see I won't see De Gea play well and still give him a one or be stupid. I want him to do well. And he did do well. Let's see if he can keep it up. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But he did come out and sweep a couple of times and nearly my arse fucking fell out through the bottom of me. Do you know what I mean? It was insane seeing him come out about forty yards off his goal and don't get me wrong, he still doesn't look comfortable doing it. He looks kind of like Bambi on ice when he's running. His his kicks were always a bit kind of erratic. He doesn't look in control of the situation. But, you know, it's better than normal. Playing some good passes out as well. Um, actually picking the ball up kind of on the edge of his box and playing balls into midfield rather than just hoofing it out to the wingers or up to Ronaldo or whoever's up front. And actually some fairly accurate long balls as well because I know we have played a lot of long ball with De Gea. Excuse me, so far this season, but it's not really one of his best attributes, is it? His long kicks aren't very good. Um, so it was good. It was very good. A good save towards the end for... Was it that Onana header or it was a cross coming in and he just flicked it over the post as Onana was coming in for it? You know the one I mean with a couple of minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. Apart from that, though, in terms of goalkeeping, he didn't really have that much to do. Um, I would have liked him to maybe... We see... know he's got that, though. Yeah. Like... I do think maybe he might be disappointed with that Awobi goal because it wasn't... I'm not saying it was an error, he should have saved it, but it wasn't right in the corner and it wasn't that high either. It was at a decent height for him. Um, oh. Do you not know what I'm... You're not seeing he what I'm right seeing there? right in the there? corner, wasn't it? No, no, no. I honestly don't think it was. It was, it was this close to hitting his finger. It was like millimetres. Um, I don't think it was as accurate as it looked because I've watched it back a couple of times. But anyway, a good performance from David De Gea. It's a, it's a good building block. Let's not act like his prime Alisson or prime Neuer or you know something stupid like that yet. But it's a good start, and if he comes on, you know, and performs like this every week, I'll come back on this podcast and continue to praise him and give him the dues and give him the credit that he's worthy of. But we'll see because, again, this isn't me being biased. I'm just not. I can't see it happening every every you know every day of the week, every game because we haven't had any evidence to, to suggest that. But it was good. It was an improvement, and everyone improved from the game on Thursday, which is also good because I thought after that game, going to Goodison, tough away game. I think their kind of form's been underrated. Best, they had the best defence in the league before we played them. I think they're still, definitely still up there. Done quite well recently. Got some good results recently. A, a good away win at Southampton last week. So I think it was a tougher game than people are making out. And we historically struggle against Everton, especially at Goodison, since Sir Alex has left anyway from what I can remember. So I do think we did quite well because, like I was going to say, that was my original point, I wasn't that, that kind of optimistic that we'd get a result after the Ammonia game. I actually thought... It was kind of back to old United last season again, where it's like, oh, we'll see how we do. We could draw, we could lose, and we could lose to anyone on any given day. But it was solid. Sorry for the waffle. But, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get on to the, the, you know, the decision with Rashford at the end and we can talk about that. But apart from that, it was a very good all-round performance and an enjoyable game. Yeah, I think when you're talking about individual players' form, like... like David Dea, I just you know I just thought think it's baity. I think I've uh, I've said the same things as you this 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 season. 
I do think, obviously, his shot stopping last season and the way that we were playing as well. Obviously, when, when now Ten Hag's in the team and we, we've seen what he wants to play, his vision for how he wants his keeper in the first two games, and then we had to change it. So that's kind of what my biggest gripe with De Gea uh, has been. Because I know, especially when we're playing that counter-attacking football, I know that's not the football that Ten Hag wants to play, and De Gea is part of that reason why we can't mm. play that. But um, I think it's just I think an important point is like, you can't judge judge a player like you've said. You can't judge a player based on like one game. I think you need to you need to watch you know three or four games before you can make a decision that it's an improvement. Because we've seen we've seen like um, even like say like Marcus Rashford uh, came off the bench, looked re- uh, looked looked really good against uh, Ammonia, getting a, two goals and a uh, and an assist. And yes, he got the goal, but again, well, the disallowed goal against Everton. But I don't think he was that that effective like uh it's like it's just you in, in Ronaldo was mm. terrible against Ammonia did did uh well against Everton it's like you you can't just be reactionary and go where every game is it comes and like make a decision based on that game you've got to look at a group of games together and and say how how well a player is playing because it, you know individual games it's just not a big enough kind of like sample size really no you need um, i think you need like how far we've, how long we've had this season so far to really make a judgment on people to yeah. be honest like we have with sancho like we have with de gea in the past up until this past week um yeah yeah let's not go crazy that's not the kind of that's not what we are is it i know it, it gets views and stuff on tiktok but i'll always we'll always stick true to ourselves won't we and just be mm. honest but some people don't even like that at times is what it is yeah, I mean, it just put us in fifth place. Whoop, whoop. Let's talk about um, yeah, we're only boy. one point off top four. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're definitely in the fight. I mean, f- from the first two games, two losses and then a big, what was it? I can't remember, four or five nil, I think it was to Brentford. I can't remember four. now. Four. Four. Just the four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it looked, we looked to be well distant from, I didn't expect us to be where we are now. Um, obviously, like lost to City, but it's great to bounce back from that result. Um, yeah, and put in uh, a, the best performance of the season in my eyes from following that in the Premier League. Obviously, it wasn't great away from home, but in the Premier League, great to bounce back. Um, yeah, I think if you look at those, you know, especially after that Brentford game, you said you'd win every other game apart from City away. You'd take that because City away, like we do win the odd one, but I know we've got a good record there. To be fair, in the past you know, 10 years or so in the Premier League, but that happens, doesn't it? So I think mm. we've done we've done fairly well recently, I think. I'm happy with how we are. It's just a shame we've had that poor start of the season because, you know, even a point against Brentford or Brighton puts us in the top four and not far behind the likes of City and Arsenal, but we're not going to win the league, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And let's talk on the, about the disallowed goal. Like, I think we've already touched on it, but not, not in that much detail. Not, not I, I don't get it. Like I say, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are anymore. I don't know if like, I don't know if each competition has its own rules. Whether it's Europa League, whether it's Premier League, <laughs> whether they have different rules. I don't know if it's it's consistent. I don't know. Like you said, Middlesbrough in terms of the phases of play. I get that when when you're defending or or when it's offside in terms mm. of the phases of play. But the handball, I didn't realise that was the case until that Middlesbrough time. I don't know what the the handball rules are anymore. Now. You, you, the, the the annoying thing is now 
I'd expect if it brushes anybody's arm, I expect it to be given handball. But you know, further along in the season, it'll probably be one where it hits someone's arm and it's like, oh no, this isn't handball because of this reason. It's like, you know, it, it's yeah. just... They just change it all the time, don't they? So if anyone's not seen it, Rashford's going for on goal. James Tarkovsky tries to make a challenge, kicks a ball, it comes off Rashford's calf, then hits kind of this area here, kind of like half like his pet kind of, and then half like the bottom half of his upper arm. And it got given as, off, uh, as handball because it was the same phase of play. So if he's played that across to Bruno, which I thought he should have done anyway because he was lucky that he took it round Pickford, to be honest. Um... If he played that across to Bruno and Bruno taps it in, that would be a goal because the second phase of play had started. I just think it's ridiculous. I think we need clearer rules. Um, I don't I don't get this first and second phase thing because for contrast, if anyone's watched Match of the Day or you know been on Twitter at all and looked at all the other contentious decisions this weekend, Mikhail Antonio does the same thing. I'd argue, have you seen it, the, the Antonio handball? No. No. So the, the ball kind of comes over his shoulder. He's, he's kind of in the process of getting fouled. And he, he 100%, he's like this, and he goes a bit like that, and it hits kind of here, and it, it it goes straight into his path. I think that's an intentional handball, let alone an unintentional handball. And then he goes through on goal, but because his first shot is saved by the keeper or Tim Ream blocks it or something, that then activates the second phase. So because that first phase is already over and he's shot again after that, that means it's okay. But in my eyes, if it's a handball, it's a handball. It shouldn't matter if you pass it, if you if you shoot first time, if it is a post and you get it back or you, your keeper saves it, if yeah. the the ball hitting your hand is giving you an advantage in an attacking situation, it should be a handball. If they want to keep it so in, unintentional handballs are handballs, then that's how it should be. It should just be night yeah. and day. There shouldn't be a level of interpretation where you have to think, is that a first play? Is that a second phase of play? What does it actually mean? Is there an actual definition or is it just an opinion-based thing on what's happened in that game? Because... It's just ridiculous. In my opinion, unintentional handballs should be fine because you're not doing it on purpose. Yes, it might gain you an advantage, but it, it, it same thing, it evens out. It evens out all the time. The one thing with these VAR decisions are, they don't even out. Do you know what I mean? Before, if you got an offside goal one game, a few weeks later, I want to be against you and it's fine. It is what it is. No one used to get that upset about it. Like, I remember offsides in some big games where people were offside or like, you know... I, that was going to be a bad example. I was going to say the nanny red card. United fans still aren't over that. But you know what I mean? You used to see some some bad decisions all the time. I, I remember some in Champions League games. And you just think, yeah, offside, it happens. Like, I remember two of Robin Van, Robin Van Persie's goals to win as a league against Villa were offside. Like, imagine that nowadays. It's just dead. Players can't celebrate. Like, Skamaka scored an amazing chip for West Ham at the weekend. And that brushed his hand. Like, and I'm talking hands here, die his side, and it brushes his knuckle. And by the letter of the law, that should be disallowed, in my opinion, because it's brushed his hand. But it wasn't. But he couldn't celebrate. He literally just stood still until the ref told him he could celebrate. And it's just, mm. I know it's a cliche argument, but it sucks the fun out of football for me. And then my last point on this is, the defensive ones, those laws are completely different. So have you seen Gabriel's handball in the Liverpool game at the weekend? So that, yeah. that's not a handball because it's a defender. Yeah. What? It's still gain if it's unintentional or intentional, he's still gained an advantage from it. It should still be a penalty and a yellow card and a handball offence. It doesn't make a difference if it's a defender or an attacker. If he doesn't hit that with his hand, you can argue it goes across goal and you know, Nunez is there, Diaz is there, and he could put the ball in. 
So it's, it's just ridiculous. I just don't understand it. Uh, and it just fucks me off because there's no consistency. And like I said in my video as well, I wouldn't mind if these were few and far between. And I don't even care that it's for United because there have been shocking decisions in the Liverpool game that I fucking despise Liverpool more than anything. But if they got that penalty, yes, the game could have gone a different way, but it ends free. What? It ends free free, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and like I was going to say, you get you used to get the odd bad refereeing decision. You'd be like, all right, whatever. You're getting bad VAR decisions every single week now. Every single week. There was three or four in one day. The Scamacca one should have been a handball. The Antonio one should have been a handball. The Gabriel one should have been. And the Rashid one, if by that letter of the law, should have been. So that's three out of four wrong decisions in the three big games on Sunday. It's just fucking beggar's belief. Actually, I think all three of West Ham's goal could, goals could have been ruled out and they weren't. So, sorry, I'm waffling like I always do. But um, it's, it's just shit. It's just boring. And I don't want to talk about it because I want to talk about football. And it's just me being angry all the time. Um, but it's it's just gash. Like, just have a rule and stick to it. Just have a set rule and that's it. Done. Finish. No interpretation. No bollocks. No, if the wind's blowing in this direction, it's fourteen degrees outside, and you've got a jaffa cake on your head, and it's not a handball. Do you know what I mean? It just fucks me off. Rules. Yeah, it probably is. It wouldn't shock me. And obviously, the 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 officials are just shit because the VAR system is fine. It's just a VAR is a fucking camera. Like, you can't go wrong. The camera's not done out wrong. Stop bashing this Casio or something that's recorded. Casio, Kodak, whatever it is. I don't know. Casio, Kaka, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's the officials that are interpreting it because they don't know what they're doing. Just get him in, whoever the fucking head of PGMOL is in the Premier League and the whatever. Get him in, have a fucking day tomorrow or wherever where they're doing fuck all anyway and just say, right, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. And just do it. Just stick with it. This rule changes every year now because I remember... When we beat PSG because we got that ridiculous Kimpembe handball, at the time in the Premier League and the Champions League, is it, it was if it hit your hand or arm at all, no matter the position, no matter if it was intentional or not, anything, it was always a handball. And then he softened it a bit, and now they've made it more aggressive again. But you don't see these decisions in the Champions League. You don't really see stupid decisions. I think there might have been one last week, but you know, there's 10 Champions League, sorry, how many games? Loads of games played every week. 16 games or something, I don't know. And you don't see it then. It's the quality of officials, that's the issue. Anyway, rant over. Yeah. Uh, going right back into like the in terms of the phases, I do think there does have to be a, a, some kind of time cap. Oh, not, of course. Not phases yeah. for me. Because if, if it's like, buddy, it happens four minutes and the ball stayed in for four minutes, it's like, oh, actually... There was a that it touched his hand that the defender's hands four minutes four minutes ago. So I think what what needs to happen for me rather than phases, it's if it directs it fifteen seconds I, I before think, the goal was scored. I think it, like, if it directly affects that goal, like directly. Yeah, but that's still ambiguous. I mean, if it if it, it hits a, a defender's hand and he's like used it to mm, true, to, or it's helped him control the ball, and then it's four minutes, and then. They score. It's still that's affected the goal. The, the, it's helped the defender keep control. I think it has to be a time limit from when the the goal is scored. Fifteen seconds, twenty seconds, make it whatever you wish. Mm. But still, that that's better than the phases because a phase can happen. Uh, the change in phases can happen literally uh, from there can be a change of phase from I say five seconds until the goal scored. And then, oh, the change of phase, two and a half seconds till the goal scored. I mean, that's, like you say, that's directly impacting the um, the goal. But it's still, the, the phases make it so, it, so it's 
a disallowed goal to yeah to yeah that, that's goal. a good idea i mean i'm sure if we sat here and had a proper think about it we'd be able to think of something sorry i'm just mesmerized because i've got um the psg game minimized on my computer and ramos has just done a roulette in his own box and it's just reminded me of very by by <laughs> by vibes um but yeah i think that's a good idea but the need yeah there needs to just be whatever the rule is however they go about it just a more clear and concise way of refereeing that's yeah. just how it should be and there's always, there's always is, there always is, will be. Oh, <laughs> there will always be. will be. There will always be. <laughs> there always, there always will be. There always will be um, ambiguity because yes, it's uh, it, like you say, it's cameras, but there are things that are up to interpretation. Un- un- unless you say, okay, if it hits a, a player's hand, doesn't matter if it's attacking defender. It's it's always handball or a penalty or whatever, which I don't think you can do that. Mm. Like I think it would be better if it was like, um, okay, whether deliberate or not. Like you said, that was your preference. Yeah. But what is you, you've got to almost get into the mind of the player and see whether that is deliberate or not. And that's why they put okay, is it outside of the? Uh, is it extended away from him? Is it outside like the, the silhouette? Is it extended, like the arms extended away? Like that's what the, so there's always going to be interpretation of whether a player deliberately meant to um, use his hand or not to, to control the ball. And sometimes it's that, the margins are that fine that it's like only the player knows. Yeah. Like, so of course there's still going to be issues with it, but um I think that's that. That's the the best way to do it. In VAR, it's not going to make everything completely one hundred percent perfect, but what it can do is reduce the margin of error. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I think I, I I'm pro VAR. It sounds like you're against. No, VAR. I'm not against VAR. I'm against the application of it. Yeah, but like you said about what it's shit out. Say. Skamaka doesn't know when to celebrate. That's that's the 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 debate that people have when they're just not in favour of it, like at all, because it stops the game. Players don't know when to celebrate. Yeah, I think it's more just because of how annoyed I got. I am, I am, I don't really care. I wouldn't really give a rat's ass if they got rid of it. I wouldn't care if they kept it. It's is what it is. I'm not really yeah, bothered. I, I think the future will be, you know, every, you, there's no need for a bloody referee on the pitch. I think that's the future. Yeah, Everything's made I don't like think we. I don't think we. I don't think we want that though. It will take the kind of the. I don't know the jeopardy, the personality away from football. I don't want that. Yeah, I, I I can understand that, but that's where the. I think that's where it is going. Yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, I think that's it. Oh, we haven't said it about Club Seven Hundred for Ronaldo. Um, Club Seven Hundred to introduce. 700, yeah, sounds 700 like, club goals. Yeah. Club se- it yeah. sounds like a whiskey or something, Club 700. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Frank Lampard, I don't know if you saw the quotes that, yeah, that he was, said. Yeah, it was, it was a almost bizarre, like fanboyish. The quote didn't it really, odd. it was a weird quote in general. I think the way he worded it was odd. Yeah, he said um, so he was hoping that he scored against Ammonia because like, he knew that, well, he says that he knew that, you know, he would have a chance of coming on Ronaldo and then you know, he wanted to already have that seven hundred because he thought he would. It was it was really weird because it was almost like fanboyish, like from the opposition manager, like saying, "Oh, I knew bloody Ronaldo would score against us." I think Duh. it's I think it's him kind of trying to detract from his team's poor performance. To be honest, 
and put the attention on that. Obviously, I know he will have been yeah. asked about it, but he's basically kind of putting the fact that Ronaldo scored because he was hungry because he hadn't got his 700th rather than saying his team was shit and give the ball away in a bad area. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I can understand that, yeah. Very Frank Lampard, he's shit. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, let's let's move on to the the second match against Amoni, the return fixture, obviously at Old Trafford this time. Um, what kind of team? I, I want to touch on Delo actually briefly. Yeah, that I would love to bloody chain uh, like drop Delo now, like for for a game, not drop, but just rotate. Yeah, he's rest. Our best right back. Yeah, rotate. But, but the thing is, you you bloody you can't. We've only we, Aaron Wambasak is injured. Brandon Williams, who can play right back, he's injured. Mm-hmm. We've literally got no options. We've had Delo, who started amazingly at the start of the season. Now he's had a couple of games now, well, mm-hmm. from the City game, I would say, where he's been poor. He might be bloody knackered. He's yeah. played Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, and then... It's, well, he's played Thursday, Sunday. He'll probably play Thursday, Sunday again, just through lack of options. Yeah, well, it's, Mate, it's the same with Martinez, isn't it? Yeah. Because who are you playing centre-back? Martinez look good, but... You'd have to play Varane and Lindelof, really, wouldn't you? If Varane's back. Because Maguire's out, Bailly's gone on loan. I don't know where Axel Twanzavi is. He's still at the club somewhere. He's he's, mm. he's not out on loan, but I don't know if he can play. Um, unless you play... But again, Wan-Bissaka's injured, he could have done a job at centre-back. So it's the same with Martinez as well. Because I don't get when he's going to get a rest. He's played yeah. every minute since that Brentford game. Delo's played more than that. That's it. I mean, we're, we're all talking it's... about this in the summer as well. Like, we're all talking about we need a right back. Like, mm. not just because we thought Aaron Wambasaka. I mean, he hasn't been injury prone other than the injuries he's got. He's been recall, um, but he's just been shite. Yeah, <laughs> That's the issue. But um, it's the same. So we... It's the same with the forward line, though, isn't it? Really, because like, yeah, what, like if we, if we if we go if we go four three three, we're gonna have to pick between let's say Marshall's fit. It's Martial, but in a game like that, I don't. Again, I I, I don't think he's going to play the likes of Pelistri and Garnacho. So you've got a choice of Alanga, Rashford, Martial, Anthony, Sancho. You've got a choice of five foot like senior first teamers, and three of them are going to start at the weekend against Newcastle. It's the same thing again. That's why I wouldn't I- mind him. Just surely to fucking God, we can get a result at home to Ammonia with Pelistri, Alanga, and Garnacho as a front three. The level yep. of play that we're coming up against is fucking ridiculous. I think their best play was Iranian. He hasn't been in the squad for the last two years because he's that shit now and he's old. Do you know what I mean? Like they had a guy who came from who got released by Charlton or in League One. He's their best midfielder, I think. So surely, to fucking god, we can play some of the brightest young attacking prospects we've got and still get a result and just play yeah. McTominay, Fred, and you know. Maybe start with Bruno or Ericsson and then bring Zidane on if we're winning 3-0. Something like that. You know what I mean? Surely we can do that. I don't want to see the same fucking the same players playing every week. It's, I mean, it's better for the fans that go. Great. But, you know, we're yeah. going to be pissy when we get two first-teamers injured because we played fucking Neil Lennon's Ammonia and Nicosia at home. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. If there's any game where you're resting players, this is it. This is the game for the entire season. Because I'd argue at home to... Derby in the League Cup is tougher. It is. They've got better yeah. players. Do you know what I mean? And, and not only that, it's like, in terms of the excitement, 
I would be excited just just to have like one starting youth team player. Yeah, so like concentrate. It's, like, yeah, like it gives you a reason to. Uh, this sounds bad, but it's probably gives you another incentive to watch it because you know it's yeah. going to be. Even if we win, it's going to be boring. It'll be a boring three 0 or we'll play shit again. It'll be annoying. So you want something to be like? Oh, you want something unknown, the unusual, or he's actually going to be really good today? Is he as good as people think he is? Let's get a, let's get a full ninety minute look at him because as highly as a lot of United fans rate him. He's not. I don't think he's started a game for us, has he? Who? Sorry. Garnacho. I don't think he's started a competitive Garnacho, game. Garnacho, no, no, no. Not this you know, People are acting like he's the next fucking Messi or Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? So, Pelistri as well. I know he didn't have a good loan spell, but I think he's looked good in training. I I, I actually... He's done well for the 23s. Yeah. yeah, I'm here. What do you mean? No, I mean it, training. No, I, I, with the stuff that comes out, they've said he's looked good in training. He's in, he's in a lot of the matchday squads, which if he was shit, he wouldn't be in the matchday yeah. squads either. Um, we could have loaned him out and we haven't, which says a lot as well. When he's loaned Amado, who, who costs three times as much as him. Um, so why can't he get a start? Do you know what I mean? Like He played 30-odd games in the league the last two seasons running. So surely he can start a game like this and we can actually get a look at him and see how good he is. Because... What's the point in having him here if they're never going to play? You might as well just throw the bench for Phil Jones and people like that. Yeah. Where is Phil Jones, actually? I think he's injured. He's inj- yeah. Because yeah, I, th- I think he would have been on the bench the other day because obviously we didn't... Did we have a centre-half on the bench? Oh, we had Varane, didn't we? Um, yeah. But surely he probably would have made the bench as well because I think we had... But- uh, did Bravka want on the bench either, actually? I think he must be injured too. Yeah, but I think he wasn't on the bench... For the ammonia game either, but I think he's not part of the squad, so he couldn't be anyway. Well, has he not been registered, um, really? I find that hard to I believe. I don't think he was. That's up because a lot of the players will be B-listed because a lot of them are under 21. Mm. Like Yira Langers and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Man United but, um, big squad. Sorry. I'm so, so what changes would you make while you look at that? So what changes would you make? So... I'm just going to briefly go through my starting eleven, and then you can say what what difference that you would have. Um, so I go I go with De Gea. I mean, Keith De Gea doesn't need a rest mm-hmm. again. I think Debravka, like we say, we're not going to see him. We I think we could easily go for the entire season without seeing a single appearance from Debravka, which would be a shame just, because I would just like to see a change for a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know he's here? I just like to see him play a game. No, Phil Jones isn't in the squad, but Twan's AB is. Hmm. There you go. Okay. Give him a start. Do you know what? I know he's yeah. been shit, but again, I cannot stress enough. This should be, in I'm theory, sure the easiest game we've had in 20 years or something. It should be. They are that bad. They're pretty much the worst team in the whole Europa League. They're probably worse than 90% of the teams in the Conference League. Yeah, I cannot stress enough how easily we should. We should be able to play our, our, our under-18s and win this game, and that's not an exaggeration. I'm being yeah. dead serious. So just fucking do it. Are we doing lineups? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say mine and then see. You know, yeah, sure. Because I don't think we'll disagree. I'm going to go rogue on mine. Going to go rogue. Okay, right. Fair enough. Um, so I'll go. So De Gea in goal. I yeah. think you'll go to Bravka. I'll go De Gea because oh, fuck it. Yeah, he's not going to happen. Is yeah. It? Um, right back. Whatever right back we have at the club, right now. It's obviously Ethan Lair's not there. Whatever right back we have, I don't want to see Delo. At least he's played badly. I don't want to see him. We could again play Twanzebe there in theory. I'm pretty sure he's played there before. I feel like Twanzebe's injured. I don't know. I don't know why. That's why we haven't seen. Was he on the bench? I don't no, think he's, he's been on any benches. I think I feel like he's injured. But literally any go. right back from not Delo. 
We could play Lindelof there, but I mean, we've got that much short at, uh, at centre back. Like, that doesn't help things. Like, yeah. it doesn't help people getting rest. Um, in at the back, I'll go with. I want Martinez to get a rest. I'll put. Um, I'll put Tuanzebe and let's put Varane back in. He's not listed and then as take injured. him off. What? He's not listed as injured. Oh well, yeah, I'll have him then. It, it, it right back. Um, oh no, Tenag recently admitted that Axel Tuanzebe is also battling a long-term injury problem. So let's get him out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, uh, so yeah, I'd have Varane and then somebody else. that's like inexperienced <coughs> alongside him, so it can't be Tuanzebe. Is Mengi still have... here? Um, is Mengi still there? I don't. I know he was at Birmingham, wasn't he, last season? Yeah, this is just so, sorry, lads. This literally, is an, academy, an, an academy boy alongside Varane, yeah. so you've got a bit of experience there as well. Because I think it is important. You can't just have a complete inexperienced back line. Mm. And Malasia, obviously, he's a uh, can start because Luke Shaw wants to start obviously against Everton. Uh, Malasia can come back in on that left hand side. Mm. Um, front three: Scott McTominay suspended against Midfield Everton three. has to start. What is that? Yeah, midfield three, sorry. McTominay has to start. Mm. Um, suspended against Everton, so definitely won't play. Zidanek Bal, I'm beating the drum for that. As uh, last um, Thursday, I said said him in, included as well. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be good. And Frege as well. Hasn't got much game time. Uh, very competent player. That midfield three's just... Bit, not very, not very creative, three, is it? But... Oh yeah, but come on. Does yeah, it it, no, true. Yeah, no. Who's your front three? Um, no, Iqbal's, Iqbal's probably the most creative out of those three. I think. Yeah. Um, and going forward, let's go Sancho because I don't want him to start against Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, not Ronaldo because I, I think I don't think it's Thursday Sunday. Um, oof, but who else can it be? Um, so Charlie. McNeil or somebody up up top, um, and then right wing. I'd go with not Anthony uh, again. I'd rather be Elanga on the right wing. Yeah, I think McNeil's an odd choice. That's a very out of the box one. Why not? Yeah, fair. Right, I'll do mine. De Gea, Delo, uh, Lindelof, Varane, Malassia, McTominay, Fred, Zidane. Um, I'm just going to call him Zidane because it sounds cool. Um, and then a front three of Alanga, Garnacho, and... Oh, Garnacho, yeah. Alanga, Garnacho, and... I don't know. Leistri? Yeah, fuck it. Alanga can do a job up top. He's played up top for us before. He can do a job up top, man. Yeah. I feel like I'm forgetting yeah. someone. No, I forgot I Sancho. Think... Sorry, Sancho... Sancho, Alanga, Garnacho. We'll leave Polistri on the bench. Yeah, uh, to be fair, I think yeah, the McNeil one is. I think that makes more. It's sense. a bit outrageous. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has got a good goal record though. Get that? Is it Joe Hugel as well? He's got an insane record. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So buzzing. I'll do a score prediction. Two nil. I couldn't. I'm bo- I'm bored thinking about it. Two 0 Christ! Oh, yeah. I can't have. I-, I can't watch it. You know. Oh wow! What a shame. Why is it? Yeah. Is it eight o'clock? Uh, I've got work. I've got. I got something like important. I have to be there at work, and I need to take. Uh, it's a, it's the a, minutes. It's for a it. gigolo, lads. It's a gigolo. Yeah. Is yeah. it eight o'clock? 
Yeah, eight, eight o'clock. But uh, the, the thing that I've got to do so, is six yeah. to eight, so I won't be able to stream it. But I'll, still, I'll probably still be back catch in the most half. of it. Well, yeah. look forward to that, man. Honestly, yeah, yeah you're going to. Miss and then classic. Newcastle looking a little bit further afield. Uh huh. Um, Newcastle obviously look pretty decent this season, and especially in the last two games, a five-one win against Brentford in the last game, and then it's four-one prior to that. I can't remember who they faced, but they're unbeaten in four. Um, there's only one point that set, separate us from Newcastle. Play the game more. We do have a game they? in hand. Yeah, yeah. Do have a game in hand. Um, like you said. Well, I think it's obvious what we what the starting lineup that we would play based on what we've just said about the ammonia lineup. So I don't know if we if we have to go into that. Um, so shall we just do a score prediction for Newcastle? Or do you yeah, want to talk about it more? Um, we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, Bruno Gimares has has been really impressive. Mm. He's that's, you know he's good the other day, a couple of goals. Stats yeah, goals st- to his game as well. Yeah, which... stats are very good too when you look at them in, in, compared to like Rice and Rodri and stuff. But a lot of it's like carries and that, which isn't really like a Rodri or Fabinho's game. But anyway, it looks like he's got it all. Jack of all trades, a Swiss Army knife midfielder, Rolls Royce of a midfielder, as some would say. Um, so yeah, he, he looks really good. But do you know what, man? When I look at a lot of Newcastle squad on paper, this is going to come back to back me now. I don't really fear it. I don't fear it. Isaac is good. St. Maximan is hot and cold. He's not always consistent. Joe Willock's not great. Joe Linton's all right. That back line, you know, it's not... What is it? Like fucking Matt Target, Shah, Botman, Trippier. Trippier and Pope. You know what I mean? It's all. It's good. It's like eighth, ninth standard. But like, I'm not... I think we should be beating a team like that. Like, I do look at it yeah. and I think they're doing quite well at the minute. I always feel like... Even despite the money they've spent, let's not forget they've only really had one proper transfer window. I still feel like they're kind of overachieving in a way. Um, with yeah, them, I think with how well, well they've got doing. a good manager. They're obviously in. There's multiple phases to where they're going to be, and yeah. they're in the phase where they're the assembled a solid team. But look, four or five years down the line, a lot of these players aren't still going to be playing for them. They'll have they'll have upgraded on on who they have now. I think Isaac's the, the, the obviously their their biggest sign apart from um, Gomerish, but um, yeah, Isaac in terms of monetary value, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I think he obviously pulled out from international duty with an injury. Didn't play in their last match. Callum Wilson played, um, so I don't know if he's going to be fit for the United game or not. Um, but still, apparently <laughs> I mean, someone's five. just told me he is. But I think Isaac will play surely. Not yeah. going Wilson straight back. I mean, when you look at the league form, they've lost one game. Can you remember what game that was? When no, um, Car- when Carvalho scored in the ninety eighth minute, so they were oh, about they were yeah. you know they were so close to being the only team bar Man City that hasn't lost a game so far. Yeah, which and having faced Man City as well. Yeah, which would be quite. I mean, they have drawn a lot. They've drawn five and only won three. Um, but you know they'd be on the same put. They'd be on the same points of us if they got to draw that game. So. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a tough game. We are at home, which is good. If it was at St. James's, I would worry a little bit. Um, but I feel like we'll get the job done. Back to the the usual team. Hopefully, Martial's back. If not, um, the only two changes I'd obviously make is run in for Lindelof and then um, Martial up front if he's fit still, obviously, for Ronaldo. But apart from that, that's the team I'd go for. And I'm going to do a prediction. I'm going to predict a... 
3-1. I nearly said 3-2. 3-1 win. So I've got 5-1 in aggregate we're going over this week. Yeah, I think... So if Martial's not fit, do I? would I prefer Ronaldo to start again? Or would I prefer um, Rashford to start up front and then Sancho off the left? I think I'd probably rather go with Rashford up front in this game. Why? Uh, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I know Ronaldo looked good. I think it's I think... more of a game for Ronaldo. I feel like they'll come and be, you know, relatively defensive. To be honest, I, 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 the, the defense has been quite good this season. They've only conceded nine goals, which is like near enough mm. being the joint least in the league. Um, so I don't know. I feel like you get a bit against a bit of a low block, a bit of a kind of more traditional lineup, like a four-four-two-y kind of lineup, which I think is what Newcastle play a lot of the time. I could be wrong. I feel like you know it's four-three-three, you dickhead. Yeah. But I feel like. Um, That'll be better. I feel like Ronaldo would be better against a kind of low block with build-up play and stuff like that. I don't feel like we're going to get loads of chances in behind against these. Yeah, you, you convinced me. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Ronaldo then in, instead. Um, and I can't believe it. Sorry, I can't believe I'm flying a flag for Ronaldo over you. Christ. <laughs> Our times have changed in a week. Yeah. And uh, my prediction's going to be... Um, I think we'll concede. Yeah, me too. I go with two one again. United. Yeah, I can I kind of my head's telling me a two two, but I'm sticking with a three one. Mm. I think it'll be relatively close, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is it for uh, the episode. Please. Please do go on. In fact, Dill, you're you can do that. Give us a well. I mean, we've been out. slacking on the clips. To be fair, haven't we? We're both quite busy mm. people with some stressful stuff going on at the minute. Nothing bad. Deck's got a new job. I'm in the process of trying to sell my house. Um, so, yeah, we'll, Devil, the D, Devil ITD pod on TikTok. We will upload some clips and get them to you eventually, we promise. But again, if you're listening to this, it doesn't matter anyway. Dill's Footy Ramble on all socials. RNA underscore deck on all socials. Devil ITD pod on Twitter as well. Yeah, there you go. Lovely stuff. Thanks for having right. us again. Wonderful. We'll see you uh, next week, fellas. Ciao, Bye -bye. ciao.